Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and joining me to take your stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Tessman Securities and Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS us 41392 or email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za. Wayne, David, good evening to you both. Wayne, it was a horrible day on the market today. Um, and in particular for pick and pay, so let's maybe start there, um, with the, the extent of the, the fall in the share price. I sort of, I, I got the impression that we should not have been surprised by the kind of results that they put out today. So why did the share, I mean, no, it came no, down 4% yesterday yeah. and then another 12%, 14% at one point today. Yeah, look, I, I will be honest. I didn't pick up why the share felt so much today. I mean, we all knew that you were going from a one rand profit to a one rand loss. So maybe that was 10 or 15 cents more. They cut the dividend to zero. Whoever was expecting a dividend, given the trading update, you know, was being unrealistic that you're going to get a dividend, a dividend on that. Um, I must admit I didn't attend the live podcast. So maybe something was said in the live podcast or, you know, in the very detailed announcement. But I was surprised the share fell uh, 14% given the, the the disclosure i certainly i didn't pick up anything that uh was that we didn't know already yeah david i mean ultimately it ended down 12 and a half percent so not slightly off its lows um is it the debt that people were worrying about we were chatting on last night stockwatch with jean-pierre first and he said just look at the debt and i'm um, certainly the interest uh, the the funding costs for the period were up 47 percent. it wasn't the only cost it, if you went through the results you know in a good old-fashioned way just looking at the income statement uh every line was up I'm talking costs, you know, from occupancy to staff costs to to financing costs. You know, everything was up, and that completely took away what was already uh, a low margin. So I, I, I'm like Wayne. I didn't listen to the podcast and that, but that disturbed me. Mm. You know, costs were up quite dramatically as well. Um, I, you know, even even in the uh, presentation or in, in the report today, they did say they weren't happy with. You know, with the result, and I think uh, that's why this Peter Boone is gone. So, yeah, it's a lot's lots got to be done. But that worries me because I, that's not kitchen sink stuff. You know, that's hold on; these are real costs that are going up. Yeah, this is not you know, a kitchen sink. Is when you're out of assets, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Tricky times ahead for Mr. Summers. Um, mm. And inflation is uh, is is high, and mm. you know, just eating into everyone's income. Um, when, as far as the general tone of the markets uh, was concerned today, the the retail sales figures that came out of the U.S. yesterday also seem to now have spooked um, U.S. markets in particular, and then by extension the rest of us. Yeah, look, very, very much so. And I mean, I suppose we're going to be in this choppy situation until there is a definitive point we get to where people realize interest rates aren't going to go up or maybe they're still going to go up that's the markets in this sort of uncertain town period in that one day it seems interest rates are at their peak the next day it seems interest rates will go up again and i think it's going to vacillate for a while in this in this type of theme unfortunately mm.
So, David, we shouldn't be cheered that retail sales did as well as they did. I mean, that's we're in the uh, in the good news is bad news sort of uh, environment again. Yeah, we're still in that. Thing. Although the peak in rates that we're seeing in the U.S. because uh, rates are going up from the ten-year to the five-year, I think is helping the Fed um, helping the Fed's job and that. So, but I think we're coming to a point of of resolution. I don't think this can continue. So. Just hold back. You're going to get good opportunities to come into this market. Uh, it might be two, three, four months. We're still worried about what's happening in the Mideast. The one thing we're not short of is experts who are uh, intelligent experts who know everything, you know. So, I mean, that does affect sentiment as well. <laughs> so, um, but I don't, you know, I, there again, I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about that. Watch the oil price very carefully. And so far, it's, it's behaving reasonably well. And I think that's going to be a clue. But mm. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not an easy time to, to understand or put it all together and get a coherent kind of, uh, uh, you know, clear line of sight. Yeah. Okay, then let's look at some of the, the good news stories out there. And one of the viewers says, Dear panel, with the rhodium price increasing by 31%, oh. Since the 11th of October and the platinum price starting to show signs of recovery, would this be the trigger to buy platinum shares? All of the three, Amplats, Implats and Northern, are showing signs of recovery. They've all increased by about 4 to 6% uh, since October the 11th. Um, Wayne, do you think, is this a trigger sign for you? Well, look, I don't know whether this is the sign or not, but we know that it will come over the next while. So it just depends on when you want to buy the shares or whether you hold them if you want to buy more. But the platinum price does seem to be bottoming out, going up. I don't know. It doesn't seem, uh, you know, in the very short term, it seems to have found a you know, sort of bottom at about 850. I mean, it touched 900 uh, yesterday. I think it went through 900. But today, of course, given the negative view in the market, they, you know, it's down another 1.5%, and, and so is palladium. Mm. Yeah. And the only thing that's not going down is Brent crude. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's that's not what we want to see. Um, David, your thoughts mm -hmm. on, on these PGM shares? And I think, I, I mean, there was a talk, uh, I think there was an FT article on, on how um, uh, there's a huge amount of supply into the sort of electric vehicle market of all the, and, and now there's oversupply of the EV metals that everyone was so excited about, things like lithium and nickel. Um, and, and that mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be particularly good for for one aspect of the metals market, certainly. No, I think lithium is under a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, everybody's opening up mines uh, from Chile to the U to America, I mean, to Australia. Uh, the same thing with nickel. I think those two are quite vulnerable. But, uh, the, you know, iron ore, copper seem to be okay. Platinum, I can't read. It's it's so difficult to read. You know, it's it's... It's a metal that we thought would have been a lot higher at these kind of levels, and it might be perhaps a bit of oversupply. It might be the recycled market, no one knows, and just concerns. You know, just the market going short of it or, or going negative on it because it appears that, uh, you know, catalysts won't be in demand. It, it, and the share prices are not helping us either. <laughs> Today they were again also not giving us any kind of guidance as well as to where you know, where investors think the platinum price will go. Mm. So it's 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 been a very patchy type of market. I just like, if you're going to go commodities, just go to the top. 
You know, go to Anglo's, go to Bulletin, go to Rio Tinto, go to Glencore and that. I think you, you just get a whole basket of everything and it's and and they're not overvalued. You know, to me, if you want to play it, just feel safe in those big ones. Mm. Okay. Well, do you feel okay? Having said that, do you feel safe in the gold ones? And this again, this question came up last <laughs> night, but it's a, it's a different viewer this evening. And he says, <laughs> considering the war, uh, is now a good time to buy Anglo Gold Ashanti? The gold price is bound to go over two thousand um, dollars. Uh, Harmony and Goldfield share price have already gone up considerably. Wayne, would you agree that the gold price is bound to go over two thousand dollars? No, you no one, no one knows the future. Gold is in particular the most difficult to call of the whole lot. Um, it, it, it hasn't reacted. David and I remember if inflation went up, gold went up. If there was a world war or, or, or a turmoil, gold went up. It hasn't done that for a very long time. I mean, it did nothing really, uh, you know, on the, the Russian war. So, yeah. Um, but you know what I am? I'm, 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 I don't like gold. Yeah. Mm. Where is it? Just over 19 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So it vacillates between 17 or, or 17, just under 18, 19. It hasn't done anything. But- uh, and, and there's still a recommendation. You know, I think if you, if you look out there, analysts are still, or strategists are still saying, you know, buy some gold to protect yourself. I said, when? You know, when has this ever protected us? It hasn't done it for generations or years. The gold bulls are still around there, believe me, you know, still, still in, in full force. They haven't died off yet. I thought they were by the stage. <laughs> no, there's always a new generation. <laughs> You've been very uh, rude about, uh, about the old gold the bulls. True, the true gold bulls were the guys who were in the market in the 70s, and there can't be mm-hmm. too many of them still there. That's what I'm saying. But true gold bulls. Interestingly hmm. enough, so my colleague David Mackay, who uh, also has a, a mining website called Mining MX, who writes just fabulous mining-related stories, uh, has done a piece in the FM this week and obviously does quote some of the gold bulls being the CEOs of the companies like Mark Bristow or, or Alberto Calderon well, at Agligold. Exactly. But actually, we, we, we had a chart of the gold price going back to 2003. And yes, there, there are a couple of um, a sort of wobbles, but it's actually a steady up, uptrend. I mean, it's, it's a long-term uptrend that you actually have seen in the gold price although it's come down off its peaks from about $2,000 that it hit earlier. Just thought I should yeah, mention is that. that. Dollars? Is, yeah. is that a dollar chart? Yeah. The rain chart is, I mean, you would have done brilliantly. Uh, in, if in, you held the physical metal, not the shares. Hmm. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Not the shares. Because it's a dollar. You know, the dollar is, we, we, the rand has lost, I don't know, about 6% per annum for the last, I don't know how many years. So you're going to make that up in a, in anything, if you would have held a dollar or or dollar gold, you know, so yeah, mm. a gold coin. But it's I, I, I don't know. It just somehow it doesn't feel. Uh, I, I, you've got to compare the gold with maybe Microsoft or you know Meta or Amazon, and that, and you get a different perspective of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Look, I mean, the, the gold the gold index has underperformed the all share index substantially. Well, there is no more gold index, as, 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 as David will tell you, to his great horror and dismay. Um, <laughs> so, so not just saying the fact that neither of you are gold bulls. You know, it, it's, it's underperformed for 30 years, you know, quite significantly. And that's a number of reasons, it's not just the rand price of gold. You know, it's the quality of the ore body in South Africa and what the guys mind. But gold 
gives you this tremendous run where you double your money, triple your money on the gold shares about once every five or six years, and then it gives it all back. And then you wait another five or six years and you triple your money, and then it gives it all back again. So let's talk about new economy shares like ASML. And um, mm. the one viewer has, sorry, my uh, comms are just going crazy. Um, uh, a viewer who holds a portfolio of uh, US stocks says, I'm down 13% on my investment in ASML. Some analysts predict a pickup in earnings and share price by 2025. So just hold mm. on. Uh, does David concur? And is perhaps this mm. an opportune time to buy more shares? David, I, in think? fact, I'd, I'd make that my stock pick, yes. Because it's still a superb business. Things have slowed down in that area. And remember, there's still a lot of uh, political pressure on them not to supply uh, modern equipment. But, uh, you know, generally the, the chip producers have cut back. I think we're at the bottom of the cycle. That's a quote from ASML. They expect it to pick up. So next year, good earnings this year. Earnings this year, uh, sorry, uh, revenue this year up about 30%. Uh, going to be the same level next year, but thereafter, 2025, I think things are just going to explode. And they're preparing themselves for the onslaught of uh, of AI. So, I, I, you know, at, at these levels, hmm. next year going to be kind of flattish and that, but thereafter, I think, uh, you know, things will take off. That will apply to NVIDIA and all the other associated yeah. companies. I mean, um, so we've got a chart on the screen now, which is a year, uh, going back a year. Perhaps we can get one that goes back maybe five years because I mean, we're kind of where we were, what, in, in just above January this year. So there was that extraordinary run-up. I mm. suppose um, a, a lot of these companies mm. were taken up by the, uh, the unbelievable numbers that came out of NVIDIA. Is this just maybe um, the market just got ahead of itself, but too excited? Yeah, it always does. You know, things, they always run up and expect um, massive gains. We saw it with LVMH. You know, analysts, uh, analysts tend to be very, very bullish. You've always got to look at their forecasts and I think just tone them down, um, especially in high growth stocks, because they seem to extrapolate earnings and that. And I always get nervous about how enthusiastic they are. I'd far prefer them just to tone it down and to look at the actual results. Yeah. But uh, guidance, you know, guidance, they missed guidance, you know, and they always blame the company. No, it's not the company's fault. You got it wrong. The company never got it wrong. They did pretty well. Mm. You know, even ASML are doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the market actually has been crazy over the last two years. And, mm. and genuinely, it has been sort of excessive. As you can see, in 2021, there was an extraordinary peak to about $900 a share. Mm. Now it's at 581 So everything thinks it's terrible, but actually, you're still well above where you were in 2020. Um, Wayne, do you mm. have any thoughts on ASML? And would you think it's an opportune time to buy? Look, it is an opportune time to buy. You just might not be at the bottom yet. You know, this whole let's call it intellectual war between the USA and China and what chips you can export. Because NVIDIA was also saying, look, I mean, what can we send to China? They they also came up with a statement that it's going to affect them if they can't send these certain chips to China and interpretation of the law, etc. But longer term, these are fantastic companies. I'm just not sure you're at the bottom yet. I mean, but, but, but you're getting close to it. So, I mean, I, I don't know when the bottom is. I, no one knows. But... Uh, on a longer term view, they're fantastic companies. And as you know, as you can see on the chart, an ASML you know, has come down from, you know, 900 bucks to 580. Mm. Yeah, actually, which is quite a considerable retracement. Um, yeah. Mm. 
but still, don't know where it came from. Yeah, keep some perspective. That's why I, I always. That, that's why I say we get very concerned when people get too excited, and uh, because they're good businesses and they're going to plot along, but you can't expect them to kind of gain at the same pace. Uh, and I think Nvidia is another example, but the underlying businesses are, are, are superb. So just take advantage. Wayne's right. You, we're not going to be able to call the bottom, but that doesn't mean that you, you know, that you must hang around and try get that exact point. Okay. You'll be fine. You know. Mm, okay, uh, and then um, uh, a viewer says advice needed. Okay, so uh, we don't give advice, but uh, here we we proffer our thoughts. And and he says, can you advise me which is the best way for an individual to become a full time trader? Open an investment company <laughs> or trade as a sole proprietor? Do you have any thoughts uh, in this look, regard? We're not tax experts. No. no. You mean as a trader, you want to trade the market? Yeah, are you gonna are you gonna offer some life advice here and say yes, stop I, right now? I can offer some life advice here. Just, yeah, think of something else. Rather yeah, become a gardener. Not many, yeah. not many traders actually sustain an income and stay in as traders forever. Mm. You only hear about the ones that succeeded. So mm. it sounds and it sounds very glorious. It sounds, you know, like a fantastic job. You will have the, the biggest asset you need as a as a trader, if you're going to make your living or try to make your living out of it on a full-time basis, the biggest asset you need is not a good company or stock advice. You need iron hard constitution. <laughs> you have constitutional fortitude ah. to be a trader. Because when it's good, it's good. And in fact, sometimes in asset management as well, Sometimes being successful is almost as dangerous as being unsuccessful. Because when you're successful, you think this thing's easy. I'll get it right next time. And that's when you come off and you come second very, very quickly. Arrogance does not pay off in investments at all. In fact, as I said, it's maybe, it's, it's, it's maybe the most dangerous thing in investments is arrogance. Yeah. Okay. Don't become a trader. Just the Don't easiest become thing a trader. to do. The easiest thing to do is to invest in the market. It's not difficult. You don't have to be clever, you know, uh, to, to be an investor. It's it's simple. Trader, nah. And 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 I promise you, test yourself every day. But don't test yourself properly and be honest with yourself. Test yourself I, properly. Yeah. And, and 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 take if you've got three hundred thousand rand, take thirty thousand rand and actually trade. And not just for two months, because you might be lucky for two months. Do it for two years first. <laughs> now, I think David will concur with me. I personally don't know any seriously rich traders. No. Mm. Okay. No, I found a rich chartist as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so basically, we've just killed someone's dream. But, but. Well, it's honest advice. Maybe they're lucky. But all, all, all I'm saying is it's, it's like it's essentially gambling. So if you go gambling... And you win the jackpot. Stop. Okay. Because it's pure luck. Yeah. Okay. I always say the people who make money from trading and charting are those who sell books on how to make money from trading and charting. Yeah, because if they knew how to make money, they're not going to write the book. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, uh, we're going to be clobbered. I mean, all those people out there. It's my last appearance on this yeah, show. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, then there's a viewer who says, please can the panel advise if government's uh, retail bonds are safe to invest mm -hmm. in with the talk that they might stop grants? 
I, I'm sort of trying to understand well, the logic there. Understand that now. Um, Look, one thing we know for sure, the government's not stopping grants. In fact, uh, one of the arguments made by, uh, also in the FM a couple of weeks ago, Mike Brown, the CEO of Nedbank, said, and some Chabalala said, it pains them to say this. But if government were to say, we don't have the money for the 350 rand social relief distress grant, it actually would imply a fiscal rectitude that we are sorely lacking right now. And it would have a yeah, positive Im- impact on the bond market. Yes, but I mean, election next year, do you think this is going to happen? Even if it's not happening before an election, and I doubt that it's going to happen after an election either, because, you know, once you give out a benefit as a government, it is extremely difficult to cut that benefit without suffering harsh political consequences. You said there were 60 million people in South Africa how many are economically employed? What, 10, 15? Well, there's 8, million with, there's 8 million with formal jobs and there's 16, 18 million on grants. Yeah. But so, I mean, I must say, I went, to a present, hmm. I went to a presentation about the informal economy. It is significantly bigger hmm. than what anyone thinks it is, and it's not captured in the numbers. Hmm. Um, okay. So on uh, government re- and the retail bonds, I guess they're talking about RSA uh, retail savings bonds. Do you think it's the, it's actually a good time to invest in them right now with the yields where yeah. they are? Yeah, bond yields are good. I mean, there obviously is a chance of default. You must never forget that. There's nothing's not guaranteed. Eh? There is a chance of default, but the, ch- the chances are, I would think, relatively slim in the medium term. Okay. Your um, yields are high. Eh? The breeders are, are high. Yeah. They must be, what, over 10, 11% now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think there's a chance. Of, well, um, yeah, okay. I very much doubt there'd be a default on the RSA, the retail savings bonds. I mean, this is the, you know, I, no. I just can't see that. Well, happening. look, you know, default on bonds. And if, if it's a retail savings bond, all the retail savings bond does is uses your money to buy government bonds. And if there's a default on the government bond, there'll be a de- default on the retail savings bonds. Yeah. Okay. One quick question before I get to your stock picks. Uh, a viewer says, there's one alarming element plaguing me, and it's not the books of Tungela uh, resources, nor the price of coal. Please ask the panel what they think the alternative is for the company as the Richards Bay coal terminal is going through serious operational difficulties when exporting their product. Railway system isn't helping. What are the alternatives available for distribution, given that they have to compete with Glencore and Exaro for the same capacity at Richards Bay? Is that something that the market is not factoring into the company, or do you think it is actually factored in? I, I couldn't answer that. I don't know. I, All mm-hmm. that I do know is Richards Bay Coal Terminal is in mayhem and chaos, <laughs> and not necessarily because of the operators of Transnet is the 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 the, you, the unit itself the, the facilities there were never built in a ever to take five six million tons of coal by truck trucks weren't supposed to deliver coal there so they cannot handle it but the point is is that transnet is being privatized it is effectively being privatized so i don't know if it's one year or two years or three years time it will be yeah. run by the private sector. They're not 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 Richards Bay itself, yeah. or not not just Richards Bay. The whole Transnet freight works will be run by the private sector, and there's going to be serious cash put into there because it's 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 killing these big exporters. Yeah. 
Okay, we don't have any time further for this topic and only got about 30 seconds for your stock picks between the two of you. So, David, um, you said ASML. You can take my ASML, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Wayne, how about you? Yeah, taking taking Richmond, very low price earnings, very low, very low rating by the market at the moment. And in comparison to the other luxury goods, it looks like very good value at these, at these prices. Okay. Gents, we shall leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us, as always. Uh, David Shapiro is from Assassin Securities and Wayne McCurry is from F&B Wealth and Investments. Coming up next at the close, uh, stay with us.